Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asbury Studios. Are you looking for an executive function coach who can help you with such things as time management, organization, memory, and so much more? Well, my next guest is just that, an executive function coach who started her business out of necessity to help a family member. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and let's learn more about her. See you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today I'm joined with Michelle Raz, who is a executive function coach. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, thank you so much, Ree, for having me today. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, well, I have been in this industry since um, 2010, and I came into this um, because of my own family member that um, had challenges with executive functioning skills and also who is neurodivergent. Um, and so I was um, really helping my own daughter graduate from high school mm -hmm. and noticing the weak executive functioning skills. And so I, as a parent, I was looking for help for her, came across the coaching platform and took it upon myself to um, take what I learned and become a life coach, ADHD specialist, and develop a program that was um, really meant to help her. And then it quickly um, grew into something where I was helping other students. And then I became um, full-time as an executive functioning coach across the United States. So actually nationally, and then um, quite honestly, worldwide as well, as far as Australia, Saudi Arabia, um, and some of the European countries. And so over time, um, this has been what I have been doing full-time. And it covers the gamuts of um, high school students, college students, um, career development, and adults in the corporate world. And so that is um, you know, my story, why I've done it. And I um, went ahead and authored a book around it as well for career development for people that have challenges. And it's basically succeeding despite your um, challenges and specifically executive functioning challenges. All right. So it was your daughter that got you into the world of the neurodivergence and the coaching. Yes, isn't it true that when you go through something personally and it affects you in so many levels, um, I am a problem solver. And so of course um, I was there to help problem solve for her so that she could, as I say to her, hitch her wagon on a star. I, I wanted her to be the best possible version of herself. And I knew the intellect, um, the capabilities there, but the struggles around executive functioning skills were really holding her back from her own success. And now um, that has just inspired me in any individual person to help them be the best possible version that they can be. All right, let's get into the jux of the matter here. For those mm -hmm. out there who don't know what executive functioning is, what is it and how does it affect those who are on the spectrum, either ADHD or ASD? Yes, um, great question. So I have a very specific way that I present this. And so executive functioning skills, I'm gonna start with what I call the umbrella. The umbrella is your emotional regulation. So when you are feeling um, overwhelmed and you might shut down and whether you're an ADHD or you're on the spectrum and you also um, have ADHD tendencies, when that overwhelm, your emotional regulation's off, 
um, and you don't have coping mechanisms in place or strategies, then you can often just shut down and you, your, your motivation is gone. You might be procrastinating. You might just walk away from something. And later on um, through reflection, you might've been able to unravel what things you could have done differently. So I start with the number one is emotional regulation. Now with under that umbrella, once you have a, either a plan in place for coping mechanisms, or you're able to um, get the help you need for the, to get yourself to, um, to an area where you can listen and strategize and use that intellect that you have. They're so highly functional. Then you can start to work with other areas of executive functioning. And those are time management, um, organization, short-term memory strategies, um, and, and the list goes on. And so with those executive functionings, which is, um, if you're going to get into the neuroscience of it, right, is your command center at the front of your brain. That's the, the orchestrator telling you what you need to do, how you need to do it, how much time it's going to take. And typically the um, person, especially in ADHD, um, the dopamines are lower. And so the firing to get that motivation going, it needs um, a kickstart, so to speak. And so if you can have um, your emotional regulations in place, strategies around what you need, then we can go in and do some brain hacks of how to help with um, getting, executing those functions that are going to enable you mm -hmm. to initiate a task, stay on track, focus, and get it done. So it may sound easy, but it um, there is a whole um, orchestration that needs to happen in order to be optimal. And, and that's the area that I work with with my clients. Now, do you have clients who get overwhelmed just by using a calendar? And if so, how do you get them used to using the mm -hmm. calendar as a way of organizing their life thing? Okay, this is the stuff I got going. I need to use this and focus on what's current. Yes, yeah, so I start small, start small, baby steps. And I have my own specialized calendar that I have created that I share and it's very simple. Uh, it can't be convoluted. People that are neurodivergent or are, are non-linear. They're they're um, very creative. The, the clients that I work with, and they they need to um, see it visually a lot of the times. And so I start with a very simple calendar that is color coded, mm -hmm. and we we work on specific things and then build around it. So uh, oftentimes, in fact, one of my favorite stories is I had a client that came in and this was a professional corporate client, had a multi-million dollars um, company and several companies, um, but she was um, bogged down with the calendar and the things to do. And so we said, okay, let's get organized. And she came, kid you not, with 25 things that she was going to accomplish on her calendar. And we, we said, okay. You know, I always start where the client is. And um, I said, at this point, we can try this. And then if this, you know, for one week, and then can we come back and regroup and try it a different way if it's not successful? And so um, within one week, um, she realized, okay, yes, this was too much all at once. And it's all in her brain. Everything needs to get done. But it was like, you, you don't want to just jump in, you know, on an expert level at something and anything you do. And, and you think, wow, it's just a calendar. You just got these things to do, but to really develop a, um, a routine that's going to turn into a habit of using a calendar, you must start simple. You must be visually appealing. And then the last thing I'm going to say on that is you need accountability. 
this is why so many, there's so many great planners and, and a lot of the um, clients I work with are really creative and they like to do paper planners and, and, you know, create these beautiful pictures that go with the calendars, um, but then they aren't using it. So it needs to be functional. It needs to be um, something that's going to work with them. And then you need to be accountable. And this is where the coaching comes in um, because I, I work with my clients, um, depending if it's a academic or a corporate person, one to uh, two times a week. And so a big piece of that is the focal point of the calendar and what is reasonable to do, what is necessity, and then building it from there. So start slow and build from there. And, and you want the success, right? Because a lot mm -hmm. of people that I work with, they've tried these things, they're brilliant, they know they, what they need to do, but they've jumped in all at once and didn't take the time to build that strategy um, with a routine that turns into a habit. Now, are most, are those, how do I phrase this? Um, okay. Is executive function only with those who are neurodivergent or is there, or can it be with those who are neurotypical as well? Absolutely. I have many clients that come to me and they, they don't have a diagnosis whatsoever, but they've been told your desk is a mess. You can't find anything. You're not showing up on time. Um, you know, you're explosive. And so what, what can trigger those things, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody who's neurodivergent, their stress factors, their emotional regulation, that's what I talked about earlier, the big umbrella is easily identified because their lows are their lows, their highs are their highs. And so therefore they can react and overreact with the frustration level. Somebody that is neurotypical, they're more even with their divergence. We all diverge a little bit from the norm here and there, but when we're under stress, when we have an event in our life that we are cloud concussions, you know, I've had a lot of clients come in that have had, um, you, you know, they were in an injury accident. So they were foggy brain, so to speak. Um, there's so many different things that can affect your ability to execute your functions on a daily basis that absolutely everybody could use, you know, the help around the executive functioning skills. Um, and it might be, overwhelmed from a new job, a new position you just got, and you, and you need some help, you know, regulating and getting your emotions in check so that you can then analyze what it is that you're needing to do to organize, to get things done um, and map it out, roadmaps. Um, so coaching can really help with that, you know, with the accountability of it. Um, but again, even with that, anybody, I start with that emotional regulation piece. All right. Now, what is the session like with you? Mm-hmm. Um, high energy. Can you tell, <laughs> um, you know, um, with, with sessions with me, let's just take one, like in a corporate setting. Um, we, um, we typically meet for like a 50 minutes to one hour and it starts off with, um, if it's an ongoing client, um, you know, where have you been? What's been going on? Where are you at with your goals? Because we always set goals. And then we dive into what is the challenge. And then um, with that challenge, and this is typical of a coaching format, is it's driven by the actual client. What do they want to achieve? What are the challenges? Let's explore some options. Let's brainstorm some strategies. And then what are you willing to do? What do we, what's that action plan that's going to change? Now, that's like a typical coaching um, session. For me, with the depth that I have in the you know 16 years plus that I've been doing this, um, I have hundreds of experiences from clients to draw from. 
And so why each individual person is unique, the patterns can often be the same. And that's where we're talking about those executive functions, the thresholds of um, when people shut down, when they experience shame. And so um, my coaching, I have um, more of an intuitive nature to my coaching because um, of my experience and just my natural tendency to listen and listen deep and then draw connections from what they've already told me. And then of course, previous sessions where I've taken notes. All right. Now, what are some of the signs that someone may have executive functioning problems? Mm -hmm. This is a good question. And I work with corporate um, managers for this. You know, a lot of people that are what they call masking in the job mm -hmm. place, they are um, really doing a great job, but it's exhausting because they come on with this mask. They know by the time that they're in the corporate world, um, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and they're, they're fighting through that. Um, and then they go home and they're exhausted. So by somebody being aware of somebody who is chronically late, they are disorganized. They have you know, what they call, like, they don't seem to be drawing attention to details. Um, those are some of the things they may um, say something in a, in a session. And so when you look at all the different types of executive functioning skills and what they look like overall, if you see a pattern of that, there's most likely something going on beneath the surface. And it doesn't have to be that person that comes in and just blows off at a meeting. It could be the quiet one who's sitting in the background who never says anything that may seem to be disengaged. Mm -hmm. And so that person themselves could be possibly um, dealing with some type of uh, neurodivergent challenge um, and having a hard time initiate. So by one, understanding what the executive functioning skills are and what the challenges are around those you can look at a person, if you get a 360 feedback um, from somebody and you see several of these factors that have to do with executive functioning skills, most likely, you know, you're dealing with somebody who's struggling in those and there are strategies you can help them with and you can implement them. And so that's my job is to educate people so that you, you can do this and not lose that employee or they don't, they're passed up for yet another job promotion because of their weak executive functioning skills, even though capability-wise are capable. And I know you can think of people, they're brilliant, they're so smart, they their ideas are you know out of the box thinking, that's what this company needs, but yet they don't get that position because of their emotional regulations, or they come across um, with the interpersonal skills challenges or the organizations. Um, academically, it's the same thing, chronically laid on papers, um, not being able, you know, showing up and score, you know, acing a test, but not doing the work yet they're So they're getting C's in school or maybe D's barely getting by. And you think, oh my gosh, if they just would have turned that paper in or, um, you know, studied, you know, for that exam instead of at midnight, you know, the night before procrastination for things like that. Um, so really it boils down to understanding what are executive functions and then looking at a pattern for that one particular person. And then having a box, you know, toolbox. Mm -hmm. What do you see is the most challenging for your clients when it comes to dealing with executive functioning? Mm -hmm. well, I'll tell you what they'll tell me. They'll tell me it's organization or time management. 
But what I, what I see, and this is why I start with the emotional regulations, I personally see it as an emotional regulation issue because um, you have to look at what, why are you procrastinating? Why are you not showing up? What is it? You know, and then what is what is working when you do show up? A lot of my clients will, you know, have these really great days and we're tracking them and then they go off and it's something else that is causing them to avoid, you know, being on time, being distracted by something else because it's challenging, whatever it is, it's challenging. So I always address that first. How are you feeling about that? What is the block? And then we can get into the other executive functioning skills. Now, how do you deal with procrastination? Because I know that's a huge issue with a lot of people, neurodivergent and neurotypicals. It's people just like to put off things till the very end. Yes. And, and let's see, let me just kind of challenge you on this a little bit, Reed. Okay. They, do they like to put it off? What it is that they're, it's about the emotions. Is it about, you is it about the emotions or is it more about chasing the dopamine, about getting that? that spark that gets them going both both my i would say both because this is it what feels good what's going to make me feel good that's challenging that's hard because it's not what i'm really good at and i don't have a coping skill for that i don't have a strategy i can do it but it's not what i'm really great at and so therefore it doesn't feel good i don't get that reward that i do over here and so that's where I say the biggest, you know, the challenges for that procrastination. So my job is then to um, pivot and, and help them find a way to make it rewarding. Or what I, my favorite thing lately is hijacking, hijacking <laughs> the motivation. And that I can, this isn't, that's for a whole nother topic, but how can you hijack your brain to get that motivation for that dopamine fix to happen? And there's um, various ways that you can do that, hijack your brain to initiate, to make it easier to do something that is challenging and not feeling intrinsically rewarding. All right. What kind of tools do you use to help, to help them with things like time and scheduling? Because I know that's a huge problem with executive functioning is trying to get your life down to where it's organized and you're your time issues are perfect and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, it goes into the, the tips, the tricks, the motivation, the accountability. So um, each individual person is different. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to take an inventory of what works for that person, where they are stuck, what has to get done, what do they want to work in on, and then put a strategy in place. Um, you know, so some people like Pomodoros, they might do three of them and that may work, that may not work. They may set a timer on their phone. Um, they may have a check-in with a coach to help initiate when things get done. They may have a reward system. One of my favorite reward systems is a, a jar. If you get something done and you can put some things in that are self-rewards and you could have some, you know, I take it our higher ticket items versus just a simple reward of, you know, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to end my day at 15 minutes early and go for a walk. If you work out of your home, it could be, you know, 
women like, you know, a bubble bath or something like that, something really easy. You can do rewards and pull it out of a jar so you can gamify it for yourself. Um, those are just a couple of things. But what I do is look at each individual person and look at some kind of hijack that can work for them to do it. Um, for, you know, for me personally, um, if I'm really not motivated to do something, what, what I do and I can't get started, I have two big tricks for myself that work for me. They may not work for anybody else. Um, and one of them is chewing gum. Mm -hmm. And because the act of chewing gum gets my brain going, that gets me thinking and not thinking about what I don't want to do. It kickstarts me to be able to get done what I do want to do. It helps me actually focus. Um, the other one is um, I really like 8D music. If I'm feeling not motivated, that I call it the brain massage, where you put on the headphones and you've got 8D music and it goes back and forth and you could just, it's like a massage on your brain. That is another way that I can get myself to stay focused and get things done. Um, and so what happens is when you, you just sit down, I'm going to do this at noon and you don't have any kind of hacks in there to help you you think it can take you 30 minutes and it should, if you're focused, if you're in a flow, right, we need to get them a flow yeah. I mean, we can call the dopamine flow. Um, but you've got to find something that works for you. And of course, if you're ADHD, it has to change over time. You know, what works for you one day might not have it work for you the next day. And so you have to have a back, you know, a bag of tricks, mm -hmm. you know, that work for you. And then I think working with a coach, you can brainstorm together and, like, just like for me, I've got a plethora of resources just because of the sheer amount of people that I've worked with. I mean, that kind of reminds me of a story. Um, I had gone to a market research on job transitions. Mm -hmm. I go into there and they go, okay, we want everyone to line up against the wall and write down every single job you've gone to, you've had. I sit down and I write two, write down two jobs and I'm looking over at everybody and everyone's got like seven or eight or 10 jobs and I'm thinking, are you just not happy or are you just looking for that dopamine rush? What yeah. is it? Yeah. You know, that's interesting. And you're right. Some people do get bored or a lot of the clients will come to me. They will quit before they get fired because mm -hmm. no, they're not living to their potential. And so I, I most recent job that I, that I can tell you is a client that was um, bored feeling reprimanded because he was constantly late or getting, he missed a little something over here, you know, the careless mistakes in his work. And he was seeing the writing on this wall and he'd felt that feeling before. And so he was ready to act on it and look for a different job. Um, and so what ended up happening was through our talking and seeing what is right, what's the fear, what's reality and seeing where he could make adjustments and coaching him in communicating his feelings and working as interpersonal skills, he was he actually got a job promotion. And um, he ended up making way more than he thought he was going to make and get to keep the keep his job and not leave it. And so I think that um, there is a lot coming from um, that fear of being um, unmasked, that I'm really faking it, mm -hmm. uh, and versus sticking with it, because it's easier to jump ship, right? And and some people, it's exciting in the new job until they get revealed in their own minds. Um, and again, that's where I, I really encourage people if they're in a position and they're um, they like what they're doing, it, it's in line with their passions. 
and their purpose that they've discovered in their life, but they're feeling inadequate that they can't live up. I really highly encourage coaching. In fact, corporations will pay for it. Many of them who are paying for my services um, because some um, one-on-one where they can feel vulnerable and we can work through and put some strategies in place, they end up really liking their job Mm -hmm. and they stay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how do you help working with those with working memory? Because memory is a big issue. I mean, because when you can't memorize things and you your memory just doesn't want to be up to its potential it's hard yeah i agree and so and especially if you're under stress right yeah just when you don't feel good and your brain's just foggy all the time um and so that starts with um emotional regulation are Mm -hmm. you exercising what are you eating see i'm going back to that big umbrella so we start there to optimize your self-care routine so that you are able to remember as you can as much as you can. Start with that first. And then we implement tools and tricks around that so that they can use them, whether it's sticky notes or a voice recorder or some kind of strategies. And then the key is developing a habit around that so that when they come back to it, they can actually use it. Um, when you're not in a coaching session. Right. Um, how do you help with predictable routines? Because, I mean, you and I both know routines are a big part of ADHD and a lot of ADHDers can't stand using calendars. They don't, they feel confined. How do you deal with routine? Good question there. Um, and so most of the people that I work with know they need a routine. Um, they also know they need variety. And so that, that would come down individually to them of what they need and how much of it, the accountability around it with rewards or tricks so that that keeps them in line with it over time. And so I'm on, you know, just on a quick notice, you know, that accountability helps. And then of course the rewards that you might get and then mix it up just you can't do something seven days a week. Usually, you know, when you've got a creative mind, you you do need variety. And so mm-hmm. checking like, so we might set a goal for one month that might be different for the next month. And so be allow for that variety, but have that accountability to stick with the core piece of it. So coaching can help with that as well. Accountability is, seems to me the biggest thing because you need to help hold yourself accountable, but otherwise you're going to, you're going to let things slip. Things are going to go missing. You're going to miss your appointment. I feel if we hold ourselves accountable using some kind of calendar that says, Hey, you got this going on this day and you know, you got it going on that day. You you hold yourself accountable because you know, you got it going. So you have to go to it. Yes. Accountability really is it. And, and accountability isn't, you know, a negative term. It's, I have a goal that I want to do, and this is how I'm going to make sure it gets done. So whether you're working with a coach or you have an accountability buddy, partner, friend, wife, or somebody, it's really important. And there's a lot of apps out there too, that you can hold yourself accountable with. Now, remember though, ultimately it's up up to you Mm -hmm. to be able to follow through with that. Now, the difference with, you know, you can use an app and they can give you rewards and some, sometimes those work, you know, gamifying it. 
But with a coach, we can celebrate together and then talk about the next one. So absolutely anything we do, right? We, we want to be accountable to ourselves and how we get there, whether it's an app or friend or a coach, it's crucial. Now, how do you deal with a client who has issues with time management? I mean, we've talked about that in the past about people who miss appointments or miss the miss this or miss that or are late how do you deal with that that's a big issue yeah and and so i i will say this is that i yeah i've had that from the get-go because if people were showing up on time didn't miss things they wouldn't need the coaching right mm -hmm. and so i gotta say with my clientele that's another piece is um i am um patient but i also help them create structures to remember our appointments as well. And, and what do they want to get out of those appointments? And so again, it goes down to that emotional regulation of um, what are you going to get? How's this going to make you feel? And if something makes you feel good, you're going to follow through with it. Um, so then, you know, whether you're, you know, going to a movie, you're, you're not going to miss that movie because you really want to see it, or you're not going to go um, miss your game because it makes you feel really good. But with the coaching, if, that usually, you know, the people walk away feeling really happy with what their plan is. They feel supported. They can feel vulnerable and uh, make progress. So by having that as a foundation, then I can ask them, you know, to implement some of these accountabilities around showing up. <laughs> All right. Now, what is your age range of clientele? Um, really ultimately, you know, um, I have, um, coaches that are trained in the high school age, but personally high, uh, college and adults. All right. Now, how you deal with helping your clients with like organization? Because I know you'll have people say, oh, my desk is a mask. I'm a clutter. I can't think straight. I'm not organized. How do you get them to like hold them accountable saying, I want your desk to be cleared. I want, do you ask them for First a picture? First of all, I never say I want. That's like a no, no, no okay. for uh, coaching. So um, if they say that that's what they want, we will start with one thing that they're going to do, then the next thing. But I'll tell you, my favorite thing to do is those shows, those before and after home remodel shows mm -hmm. or organizational shows. I love seeing those um, and seeing those with um, before and after pictures is can be a very big motivational tool for them. And then brainstorming about ways that they want to get organized. Um, and so, you know, showing that enthusiasm and buying into it. And then of course, visualizing what it's gonna look like. And then also um, what how it's gonna benefit them as well. All right. And finally, where can people find out more about you on the line, online? Yeah. Um, online, you can find me in LinkedIn as I'm pretty darn active on LinkedIn. So it's coach Michelle Raz and then um, razcoaching.com. And that's it, everybody. I'm Reed Miles and that was Michelle Raz and I'll see you in the next one. See you there.